Let's pray. Lord, thank you for that reminder that sometimes we look for signs or wisdom, but uh, we preach Christ crucified. And we pray that the risen Jesus will speak to us now. Through him you speak to us and nudge us about what really matters in life as we look at Ezra 3. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now as we look at Ezra 3, uh, a good title uh, for today, for this passage, and indeed for quite a few other passages in Scripture, is this. First things first. Getting our priorities right, spiritually speaking. Uh, so one of the miracles that we often find myself thinking about is uh, Mark 2, where some friends bring a, of his bring a paralysed man to Jesus, and eventually he gets round to doing what they had in mind, which is to healing him physically. But before that, he says, Son, your sins are forgiven. Jesus knows what his greatest need is, and so that too, there's lots of cases in scriptures of Jesus putting first things first. But today we're 500 years before Jesus. So uh, let's have that first things first, those words in mind, uh, and go and unpack uh, Ezra 3. We're on page 544 of the church Bible, so uh, do turn to that as we dive in. Now, when Zerubbabel and uh, Yeshua travelled to Jerusalem with, uh, with others, they did so with the temple in mind. Shall we have our, our next picture? But actually, what, the first thing they built wasn't a temple at all. Uh, they built, instead of a temple, they built an altar, something that would go inside the temple. The altar was a place to conduct offerings, of various animals, and those were symbols, if you like, of the people choosing to uh, follow God. Now, a lot of the things that were done on the altar seem rather strange to us today, but the key thing that Zerubbabel and Yeshua were doing is they were getting worship going uh, before putting up a building. It's a bit like uh, at St. John's here. What happened? When St. John's got going in the 1880s, the first thing that was built was actually uh, that thing next door, which is our church hall these days. That was initially the church. And when, when the congregation grew to a certain size and things like that, 20 or so years later, then the decision was made to, 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 to build this place and, and so on. And we think of this as St. John's today. Maybe in years to come, there will be something, something different, different shape. But uh, it'll still be uh, God's worshipping community in this place. Now, with, uh, with all those things in mind, let's look at what they eventually did. But actually, I'm going to put this picture up first, because uh, this picture, to my mind, sums up getting first things first. This is... Um, uh, the congregation at my previous place, and um, worshipping God in spirit and in truth is much more important than honouring him with bricks and mortar. So I, I chose this picture because this is uh, us worshipping uh, on a Sunday morning in my previous place about five years before we got round to building 
uh, a church building. And today, people compliment me on the building uh, when they've been there, and they say, oh, wow, what a wonderful place, blah, blah, blah. But we had a great church long before that. People used to say to me sometimes, oh, you've got a great church now. I say, no, no, we had a great church before. We've got a building now. I think that's what you mean, isn't it? And they go, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. But at first, when it was just a few people in the living room, and then when it was in that place there, and a bit later, in a place that looked like a church, uh, then all those things were about getting the worship going. Uh, putting first things first. We don't get altars and sacrifice animals and stuff like that, that these days. Um, but uh, we do um, sing God's praises there. Actually, we're going to think of some of those, some of those words that were sung in the temple uh, are words that we always sing exactly the same words today sometimes. Anyway, our first reading uh, from the 6th century BC it is. But actually, it's a short hop to now. Because much the same was true then as is true now. That what goes on inside the place of worship is much more important than what goes on outside. Having said that, this is what Zerubbabel and uh, Yeshua got up to. Let's look at our next bit. This is what they got up to their building project uh, after they'd done the altar. And all along they had a building in mind, and verse 7 tells us that they had, there were strong echoes in all this of uh, 1 Kings 5, when Solomon uh, was preparing to build the previous temple. And there were some things that were the same, like getting some of the timbers, the cedars from Lebanon, and shipping them down the coast to Joppa, and all those kind of things. There were lots of reminders, lots of echoes of the old temple in what uh, Zerubbabel and Yeshua got up to. The building process, interestingly, was slow. They laid the foundations in 538 BC, uh, but we know from the prophet Haggai, I pointed you to him last week, look at him because he's prophet at this time, uh, but we know from him that little was achieved until... 520 BC, so that's 18 years later. And this kind of rings true. It rings true every time you go to a cathedral, doesn't it? Because most of the great cathedrals of England were built over a period of at least decades, sometimes centuries, uh, to result in what we see uh, today. Now, this next picture is uh, something like what they uh, ended up with. Eventually, uh, they ended up with something that looked like this. This is an artist's impression of what they built. A place of worship. That's how I've described it. Even today, if we look at a large-scale ordnance survey map, where there's a church, we find the letters PW, the place of worship there. That's the only thing that tells you it's a church. Now, for people who become an incumbent in the Church of England, one other thing that gets handed to them by their diocese when they take on the job is a, this is a, a, a large-scale ordnance survey map of Heatherland's Parish, and you're welcome to come and, come and look at it if you like. It's, it comes in useful occasionally if somebody's wanting to have their bands read and not sure quite what parish they live in, and you can identify whether they're, they're in the right road and so on. There's one of these, someone taped onto Lucas' cupboard 
in the in, in the office. And you might want to look at that some other time. But that's given to me just as a reminder of the turf, if you like, uh, that um, I'm taking on when, when I took on this parish. But what you'll see if you look at that, neither St. John's or the Church of the Good Shepherd is as grand as that temple uh, in Jerusalem. But both of them are marked on that map with the letters PW. And if you look at the map, that's exactly what you'll see. And both of them are places like the temple where we can wholeheartedly uh, sing as is described in verse 11. Look at it. Verse 11. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord. He is good. His love endures forever. Now, there are quite a few songs that actually can, can contain more or less. That those words are taken from Psalm 107. And there are quite a few of our, our modern, even what are considered quite contemporary worship songs, some of them contain those words. God is good. And uh, we can, his love endures forever. We can be secure in that. But look on, read on, verse 12 and 13. What you see is that, first of all, uh, there's a kind of mixed response. On the one hand, everybody does what's here in the left-hand picture. Uh, everybody praised God uh, with those words that we have seen. But on the other hand, the people on the right, the older folks probably, they were, they were described as, were sad. And they were sad because they'd seen uh, the old temple. And they realized that the new temple was just a pale reflection of what had been there before. If you hark back to last week's video from the Bible Project about Ezra and Nehemiah, then just remember that every bit of the mission, they were linked by a little bit of red ink last week going hop, hop, hop. Uh, there's a climax, but it's actually a kind of an anticlimax because it's never quite what, uh, what you might think. We need to remind ourselves of where we started. First things first. Worship itself is more important than a building. Now, uh, I was reminded yesterday evening that, I, this, uh, that one, my next uh, visual is going to be a health hazard. Uh, uh, so in choosing this picture, I realized that the Lord's Prayer says, lead us not into temptation. But I still think that the current picture is appropriate. Um, at this time of year, when Christmas is on the horizon, then supermarkets are selling thousands of these things. Lots of Quality Street and various other types of chocolate. And uh, most of us have our favorites as we, we, we look carefully sometimes. Pick out if there's one of a particular colour or a particular type that we that we like. Um, for me, uh, when, when I'm diving into one of those, it's, uh, there's I'm pleased to say there's about three or four different kinds of these. But um, there's toffee inside chocolate is the kind of thing that uh, that I I look for. It's the combination, a little bit of what's on the outside, but more of what's on the inside. It's that combination that makes the sweets good. 
Now, for the Old Testament temple, it was, if you like, what, what I've just talked about there is a combination of what's going on on the inside and what's going on on the outside. A combination of what's on the inside, worshipping the living God, saying, seeing that his love endures forever, and so on, and uh, building a building on the outside that's a place for that to happen in. Now, for us at St. John's, there are many of us are, are rather fond of this old building that's all around us. But it's just the shell. And it's what's inside. It's what goes on inside this place. Not just, I don't just mean on a Sunday morning in worship, but uh, things like uh, drop-in and the various meals we have and the lunch club and various other things as well, the, and the toddler groups and so on. Things that are... The, Yes, in some ways, aren't, people don't necessarily think straight away. They're, those aren't the first things that leap into your mind when you think of church. But actually, church is kind of like this. There's lots of different things going on inside. It's what going on, what goes on inside the place that's most important, however much we might be fond of this shell that's all, all around us. Now, as a trivial illustration of just how important the innards are, I'm going to just challenge you to something this Christmas. When you, when, when you come to a tub of sweets sometime, just close your eyes and put it in your hand. And don't, don't necessarily feel the grooves too carefully and work out the shape and, and what it is. And just take a bite of something at random. It might be something you really like. It actually might be something you really hate. Even Quality Street, over the years, have worked out one or two that were least popular, always the ones that were left, out, left last in, the, in their tubs, in almost any place you go in, across the country. And uh, they've kind of faded those out. But just try, try that blindfold test of uh, biting into something that isn't too good on the inside. You don't like it. See, see what that feels like. Just think about that for a minute and then think about uh, how you might apply that spiritually. I want to end with, uh, with this picture. And it's a, there's a challenge here for each of us. Most of us pay quite a bit of attention to what we look like on the outside. Maybe what we wear or what makeup or smelly things we, we use and that sort of thing. Yes, I did, I did, use, did use my shawl this morning. Um, sometimes with our flats and houses and places that we live, uh, we work quite hard on our gardens to make things appear right from the outside Sometimes we choose our words quite carefully and thoughtfully when we're, we're thinking about uh, how we present ourselves uh, to our, our friends, in our, maybe in our Christmas cards and letters that you might be beginning to think about at the moment. But I want us to reflect not on what's outside, but what's inside, what only God can see. It's a sobering thought for most of us. Jesus said, it's what goes on inside a person that shows what they're really like. And he described it 
in not too glowing terms. If God were to bite into the sweet of your life, would he be pleased with what he finds? Speaking for myself, I know that what's inside is a mixture, a real mix of good and bad and ugly. That's me, but I wonder about you. What do you like on the inside? Following Jesus is about letting him bite into our innards and change us from the inside out on the wonderful good news of Jesus is that he does just that. So let's pray. Lord, thank you that you get to work inside us. Thank you that you look deeper than the outside. You look at what matters most, first things first. You look at what's going on on the inside. So as we read about Ezra getting around to uh, rebuilding the temple, but first of all, paying attention to what went on inside, we pray that we'll be reminded that's what matters for us. Lord, we're sorry for the times when we've concentrated on external things, maybe formed judgments about ourselves or other people based on external things. Thank you that you look deeper than that. And we pray, please, that you will transform us from the inside out. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can I ask you please to stand?